didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. Beginning of a new world. <laughs> the best squawk you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the Black Cat Report. See you on the other side. The Great Smoky Mountains National Park is full of beauty and amazing animals. Many, many people visit every year excited to go on a long hike to see the views from Klingman's Dome, see the waterfalls and Abrams Fall Trail, or the many other famous hiking trails and views. Not many expect to see planes falling from the sky, lose loved ones, or even get lost themselves. The mountains hide many things, and sometimes you don't want to know what happens in the deep woods, hollers. But today, we're going to look into the mysteries and disappearances of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. I'm your host, Ken Burns. I mean, Joey. Lee. And hosting with me today is Betsabe. Hello. Selena. Hi. And Gil. Hola. <laughs> okay, who's Ken Burns? <laughs> He's a famous documentarian. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> he's a famous documentarian that's like notorious for having like really slow, boring talking about monotonous. subjects and monotonous and everything. That's why I was doing the voice in the beginning because uh, well, he did like he's not famous if I haven't heard of him. His documentaries are <laughs> really, curious. really good though. Yeah, his his documentaries are amazing though. He he does yeah. super crazy good research. He's just very monotone and everything that happens sounds like this and then the civil war and i also did a jazz <laughs> one and i also did these random <laughs> ones that nobody expected me to do but they're really good they're really fun. they're really great actually the truth behind the bgs yeah yeah like, what? <laughs> but were they staying alive this week <laughs> we're looking into the lessons behind <laughs> that's funny yeah all right, so let's get going. So the first case that we're going to go into is a disappearance. So let's start off with one of the most famous and most interesting cases that happened in the Smokies. This one starts off with just a normal summer hiking day. On June 14th, close to now, 1969, Dennis Martin, his brother, his father, and grandfather went on a hike in Katie's Cove to spend Father's Day together outdoors, which it's almost Father's Day. So to all fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Woo! Woo! Happy Father's Day, fathers. Yep. After a good bit of hiking, the Martin family took a rest and another family walked up. The other family, which coincidentally was also with the last name of Martin, so they're just a bunch of Martins getting That's together. Confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were just like, well, huh. It's a melding of realities, if you will. With this coincidence, both Martin families thought, hey, let's just let's just hike together. This sounds good. We, have, we Martin, both have kids. I'm a Martin. Yeah. Let's fucking hit this mountain. Let's be Martins together. So yeah. they had a couple kids. Both side, both families had kids. So they're like, hey, these guys can play together while we walk, you know, and do this. So mm -hmm. there are two different small versions, small little differences in the story. It don't really matter. One of them says basically that the kids were playing hide and go seek. And the other version mm. said that they were trying to play a prank on the adults. So, I mean, they're not really. 
Yeah, Kim, yeah, six and one half, half dozen of the other. Um, so they wanted to walk all the way around in a giant circle and come up behind the adults and scare them. So Dennis, who was the youngest and the kid in the story, decided to go in a different direction and he would meet up with the older boys near the clump of bushes. So Bill, who is Dennis's father, saw his son walk into the clump of bushes. And so, you know, he saw him. He's like, not far. He's like, it's it's okay. Whatever is going on is fine. I saw him walk there. He's good. So after they finished the game, whether it was hide and go seek or scaring the adults, maybe a mixture of both, Bill Martin noticed that Dennis was missing and he was no longer with the other group of boys. Shit. Which is probably so scary, honestly, as a father, as a parent, to be like, my kid's gone. And like just to see him like maybe five minutes before. So Bill walked to the bushes where he saw his son go in. He walked through it, walked around it. No sign. He could not see any sign of Dennis. So... Bill, obviously, the father was like, well, let me talk to the other kids, the other adults, see maybe if the kids are like playing a prank on him or maybe they're playing another game. Maybe they saw him somewhere. Nobody had seen him since they started the game. So at this moment, this? this is 1969. Okay. Yep. And at this moment, panic set in for him because yeah. he realized his son was missing, not just like off somewhere he realized he was gone so bill told his grandfather his dad because the grandfather was on the hike too he said go down to the ranger station notify them tell them dennis is missing we have to like get a handle on this and then he took off and a run down the appalachian trail that was crossing through their camping area and so he's running around trying to find him and within two hours there was already a huge search and rescue effort happening there are hundreds of park rangers forestry service employees and civilian volunteers so they rounded all these people up to look for him wow so that's hun- fast. very fast yeah. so they got the word out fast the search party was combing the hills and woods of katie's cove and the trail surrounding them to find dennis as night fell they still had no evidence of him being anywhere what's really Oof. sad is the weather turned bad for the next few days it started pouring down, raining, and winds kicking up. And oh it lasted- my god, this That's- is like so terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, David Pallades, who's you know kind of I guess most famous for like missing four one one, that is one of the major things that he points out as always occurring in terms of like a set of patterns. I yep. Don't ask me to to quote the exact set of patterns, but there is a pattern that takes place across all of these national park like disappearances and one of them is that there's either a major rainstorm immediately before or immediately afterwards like water is always involved in this somehow normally it takes place near a river but like but yeah literally a massive fucking rainstorm which like and and he's very um how do you put this i feel like he's very objective about his approach to it Mm -hmm. um and it does kind of point out the fact that like well, no, like when somebody goes missing, you know, those first 48 hours, as you know, the show says, are so critical or so crucial to finding somebody. And like rain inherently pushes people into, you know, just straight up pushes them into hiding spots. Yep. Like you're not going to be spotted from an aircraft if it's been pouring rain 
because you're hiding in a cave, you're hiding under a log, you're hiding under a branch, you know? So that immediately cuts down the likelihood of you being spotted, like immediately. Yep. Um, and like, it just limit, again, the first 48 or so important because that goes from like, they're in a one mile radius to a 20 mile radius or a 60 mile radius and like every little you know craggy like spot every little cliff every little edge every little overhang it just increases the amount of it but still this is fucking nuts though yeah this is one of the most famous missing persons cases too because it was never you know there's a lot of stuff that happened in this so one of the interesting points i want to add to this case is the fbi was called in that's Why? Sus. Yeah. That's, we'll get into that. So, Ooh. also, yeah, the one, the FBI will not get involved in something unless they think there's evidence of foul play, like murder, child abduction, or something like that, it or has something to be a going on. Has to be a federal crime. So, the FBI yeah. will never look into these things. They had yeah. the, the um, FBI agent was from the local Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee office, which is like not far from the Smokies. Mm-hmm. Within, I think it was two years, he committed suicide under mer- mysterious circumstances. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knew why. That is and so suspicious. Everything that he had on the case was gone. What? Yeah, that's the sus part. Yeah. I know. There's more sus parts coming up, too, which is this is Ooh. just the beginning. Yeah, so, give me that so sus, Joey. Make me a sus sandwich. This is so weird because. So many people disappear all the time, like almost every day someone disappears. So yeah, for the FBI to be like, we're going to take time on this random kid disappearing. Yeah, Yeah. that's very (laughs) fucking weird. They don't lift a finger if it's not like some federal shit or like involved in some like federal law, missing people not involved in federal shit, you know, (laughs) at least like in terms of like, um, there isn't even like a solid motivation that's been built up yet or like cases built up. And it's just like the the point in the investigation where it would reach that level of we're suspecting you of a federal crime hasn't been reached yet. This is just straight up. It's a national park. People yep. get injured. People go missing. This is, you know, normal because so sorry, but there's not guardrails everywhere in national parks, yep. you know, like you are yeah. out, you, you out here, you know, like yep. you are on your own. If you want to do some dumb shit, sorry, homie, you know, but like, so like, yeah, the feds getting involved unless like the Martins were somehow connected to like a Coke ring or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no reason like why it. the feds should be involved. Didn't I was seem thinking like about it, yeah. that. That yeah. maybe like they have Steve something Martin. behind hmm. them, like already, you know, like like they've been watching them already, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you haven't looked up a photo of Steve Martin in 1969, okay, oh my he's God. like the cutest. I'm just, I'm just saying, check him out in '69. You know, that's that's the end of that's the end of the statement. But you need some swag. I'm going to derail this for a second and say that my favorite okay. Steve Martin movie is Bowfinger. And I know that's not a like oh. very popular movie, but it's him and Eddie Murphy. It's hilarious. Check it out if you okay. haven't. Mine so, is Father of the Bride. Um, my favorite Steve Martin movie is... Um, what is it called? The Jerk. Oh, yeah. Yes. Classic. Classic. Fuck yeah. I haven't seen that one. 
Yep. <sighs> Steve Martin movie night. Let us know yes. in the comments for this episode if you want one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, we'll videotape it. So anyways, getting back on track here. Another weird mystery besides the FBI, which this also as well has to do with the FBI, is that there was another family that was traveling in near the Katie Hold Scrub on. area. Pink Panther. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Another going back to the another weird mystery besides the yeah. original FBI still has to do with the FBI a little bit. Mm. There was another family that was visiting the Katie's Cove area as well in the same time. Just a little different area of it. They heard a blood curdling mm. scream and saw a in quotations a hairy, rugged man running uphill away for them through the trees and under the brush. Okay. <laughs> God, it's Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's crazy. I, it, it's They said it, it wasn't, it was on two legs. They said it, it didn't look like a bear to them, obviously, because it wasn't hairy enough, but it didn't look like a real person. They said it was like a mixture of the two. Okay, so Bigfoot. Pretty much Bigfoot in the, in the yeah, same way. Yeah, that is Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Case solved. Case solved, yeah. But Bigfoot has never had a history of kidnapping little children. That we know of. I would disagree, my friend. Depending on the culture that's like had like Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch. um, I'm fucking running out of the names at this point. But like depending on the parts of the world, Bigfoots are known for having different temperaments and different legends associated to them. There's um. Shit, I'm forgetting, but there's the town up in Alaska who's just straight up relocated mm. because of violent Bigfoot. Mm. Like, and that's like a huge thing. God damn it. Uh, uh. Victor, hit me up on Instagram. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Well, I mean, I guess you have good foot and bad foot, so you got the two sides of it. Oh. Neutral foot, too, you know? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So, they the fbi asked the family it was like this was the next day so they didn't know until about the next day when the reports came out about the boy going missing so once they heard that the the other family they were like well this is something that i think the fbi should know if they're looking for this kid and we might have some information (laughs) on some random maybe hairy guy running through there (laughs) so they called the fbi the fbi said which is a little suspect to me they didn't want to meet the family at the actual place where they saw the huh. like where they saw them so they could get a view of like, OK, this is maybe where they were, where it was running. This is maybe where yeah. it was. They met halfway in between the FBI and where they were, which was interesting. So weird. Were they stuck yeah. in like a Kia and couldn't make it up the mountains? Or like, <laughs> I don't know. Was, was there, because like some of these roads, y'all know, like some of these roads out here, like if you have a tiny car, like God or Satan, whoever be with you, like you ain't making it up that bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like maybe they were stuck, you know, it had like a low profile or something. But if like, if they pulled up in like a fucking forerunner or some shit, it's like, all right, there's something sus here. Yeah. <laughs> Very sus. So I need information on their suspension. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. I'm going to add to this mystery, too, because it wasn't okay. just park rangers. It wasn't just FBI. It wasn't just mm. uh, volunteer people looking for these. The Green Berets were sent in. What the literal fuck? Yes. What's that? 
the it's an army it's a it's a special operations unit of i think it's the army uh, yeah it's like the army's version of like the navy seals but they're around them fairly certainly fairly fairly certain before the navy seals anyways they're yeah. an elite special forces unit that's like if you're like if you're a green beret like you'll kill a motherfucker with the end of a spoon like it's that kind of shit like they're, they're the fucking badasses of badasses in the military yep uh, how pretty how sure chuck norris was a green beret <laughs> he wasn't really no he started well, because the they're green not berets. famous they're yeah they're not famous being green berets they were never green berets though this is so wild. And yeah, again, yeah. like yeah. people disappear all the time. Someone's disappearing right now as we speak. And like, oh, they don't just like That's do true. this. This no, is us. They don't. And especially in sixty in the 60s, I don't feel like this would have made as much of a deal. Um, and the, the Martin, he it didn't seem like he his the family was like anything big to do about it. So the, the Green Berets... They searched for a while, but there was three particular days that that stick out. The 22nd through the 25th. So this is like he Your was kid. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he was mm-hmm. kidnapped. He, he got lost on the 14th. So we're looking at about seven, eight days after them, after being lost. Okay. Everything that the park rangers do and the volunteers were doing is documented, right? So they're like, we searched this area. We searched this area. We had a set yeah. of volunteers search this area. It's kind of how it works with the parks government. They kind of have to document the stuff to make sure that they're not either searching areas again or maybe something else happened that they're finding out there. <laughs> they, just real quick here. They document everything but the total number of people that go missing. Yeah, pretty just much. A real fun fact for you. David Pallades, again, throwing it out here. Please come on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And they've... Um, like it was some, oh God, it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars when he first started looking into the missing persons cases. He was like reached out to them and he was like, "I want you know the access to the files that show how many people go missing every year in national parks." Again, national parks. That's like on the federal level. Like every yep. fucking thing is documented. All right, like every goddamn bump in the road and rock and stone gets documented. Yep. And they were like, "Oh, sorry, we don't actually have uh any compiled like accounts of anything like that." And you're like, "You literally document how many times you go to the like to like the outhouse." Yep. You're seriously telling me you don't have how many times you've led a rescue party for multiple days yep. into the woods and have had like life flight fucking flying in and looking for folks you've had like light aircraft and like planes and shit like that searching you've had volunteers coming in and signing paperwork and doing grid patterns and you don't document how many times a year that happens Mm -hmm. and they're like yep nope sorry it's gonna cost some obscene amount of money for us to put that together like it is i'm sorry but with the bureaucracy and the red tape that is fucking bullshit like that is The bulliest shit of bulliest shit. Okay, we got a stud bull over here and it's shitting. Right? Hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane. It's so and true. And they're just like, nope, we don't have it unless you pay us $700,000. Or just like, you know, like Dr. Eva, $1 million. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. like, it's so stupid. So anyways, I... there's no record of any of this, but somehow the fucking FBI and the Green Beret are involved. So Yes. So, when the Green Berets were searching, they said they found two footprints by the river, 
by the river. So like there was a river close to the area. It wasn't too far away. They found two footprints. There was some footprints leading up to him. But in the river, it was especially weird because they found one footprint that was shoeless. And then the other one had a shoe on. The shoe like footprint matched the the shoe style of the of Dennis. So but when Dennis's father looked at the shoe prints to to match them up, he said that the footprint was too big to be his son's footprint. So like it matched mm. the same uh was it tread on the bottom of a shoe, but the shoe print was mm-hmm. too big. When they found this, the green berets moved to the other side of the river and started searching. But there's no logs of anything that they did in those three days. And they wouldn't allow oh, okay. people to search on that side of the river. They said, don't worry over here. We're just going to go search. There's nothing to look for. Fucking hell, dude. <laughs> they're just like eight black helicopters come in and they like lift a box out and they're like, yeah, we don't know what's happening over there. Like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, nothing Yeah. So there is, is a, cool... a sus sub right here. Yeah, it's true. There is a cool, interesting part. A guy named Tony Stark, a real man named Tony Stark, donated <laughs> oh God, two helicopters. Iron Man? Iron Man donated two helicopters for the search and rescue. I thought that was a cool little nugget. Of course he did. Yep. Why? <laughs> He's in our guy? hearts. I, I don't know. You might have to look him up. He was probably like a millionaire at the time. Thank you, Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you, Robert Downey Jr. But they never... Besides these two footprints, they never found a single thing. They never found another piece of clothing. They never found anything leading to this kid. They never found a body. So at in 2014, to end this story on a sad note. What? Yeah. <laughs> Bill died not knowing what happened to his son. That is so fucked up. That's rough, dude. Oh my god! So this whole time, being all sus, they didn't find anything. There's no answers, and 2014 comes, and then he just dies not knowing. Yep. That is and like, torture. And like, as a fucking like, not not as a literal parent. I'm not a parent, but like, I can just imagine like if you were a parent, like as a parent, um. You would feel, at least I think I would, like, so, like, relieved that, like, there's this, like, increasing degree of government, like, agencies and, like, you know, like, shit like that coming in. Like, you'd be like, oh, thank God, the Green Berets are here. The notorious, super famous Green Berets are coming in. We're going to find my son, like, so fucking mm-hmm. fast. Like, yeah. holy shit, the fucking FBI's here. Like, oh, my God, my tax dollars are working. You know, like, you would be able, you'd be like, yes, like, thank you. The fucking big guns are here because they should be because it's my kid, you know. Yeah. And then it just like, oh, we can't talk about that. Oh, we can't this. Oh, we can't. And you're like, wait, why are you here again? Like, <laughs> at a point, it's like, if you can't reveal this information, like, why the fuck are you here? Like, I'm literally their parent. Like, yep. literally their goddamn parent. <laughs> you hit yeah. the nail on the head because after some of those times when they were saying we can't release that information, he started hating and distrusting all the local officials, the park rangers, yeah. the FBI, because no one would ever give him any straight answers, whether they knew it or not, whether they were hiding something, whether yeah. 
somebody knew something that was, you know, for his son, because a kid just won't up and leave and won't just disappear yeah. with almost literally no evidence of what they're happening. There would be if they were eaten by animals, there would be a struggle. Yeah. You would see that it happened. You'd see blood. You'd see trail marks. You'd see clothes. You'd see something of those. If they were abducted by somebody, they would probably eventually have been found. Like nowadays, that mm-hmm. this is such a famous case that they released a, um, I think it was like seven years ago, they released a, or no, it was like 15 years ago, uh, like a, a aged picture of the kid just to see if somebody knew him, kind of like they did with the case of that lady that was found in Asheville. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They did the same and nothing has come of it. And so they just think that the kid disappeared. Nobody really ever knows what's happened. It's one of the most famous cases. And Missing 411 did, it, uh, I think, an episode on this or did a, a, part, a piece of this. Wow. I'm so sure. also I'm thinking because of everyone that got involved, maybe a case of like child trafficking that they knew was on the area. Yeah, maybe. that's what yeah. I was kind of thinking. Yeah, because yeah. and then you know, like the all those people cover it because everyone's like involved within that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even now, well, last year, how they're even slowly trying to um, expose like all the government people, the the rich people that are mm-hmm. involved in, in human and ch- children mm-hmm. like trafficking, you know. So maybe, especially back in that time, you know, it was very like open. Um, open within them and just like all the shadiness that was going on I mean that sounds true but I do want to believe that the last good government officials are park rangers I want to believe that a lot of the government officials are park rangers that they're just good people that they're just there to help that they're there to guide you yeah we met some some of our couples have been yeah they're all really nice yeah, they're all chill and nice. I'm still going to stand behind the post office. Sorry, y'all. True. True. The post office people, <laughs> calves for days. Calves for days. Right. <laughs> calves for fucking days. We wouldn't have leg models anymore if it wasn't for the post office. That's true. Yeah, Ain't nobody I mean, else in society walking that far. Are you kidding me? Hell no. No. That's why they make them wear those little short shorts. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> they claim it's for aerodynamics, but we all know why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're tax dollars at work. That's true. <laughs> so getting into the strange disappearances, there was a lot of disappearances, and we're only going to go into that one because really a lot of them there, and that was one of the most high-profile ones. So <sighs> My heart. Yeah, and, you know, mm-hmm. happy Father's Day and all that with poor Bill Martin, poor guy. Also, real quick, um, and this is late in the show. Today, the day that we're recording this, uh, June seventeenth, is Art Bell's birthday. So, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Art Bell. Bell! Happy birthday, Art Bell! Thank you for being the grandfather of all paranormal audio radio coverage. Everything that we have descending today is in terms of like different paranormal podcasts and radio shows and stuff like that. We got to give credit to the grandfather. If there was a, a Mount Rushmore for paranormal commentators, Art Bell would be right there on the front. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. happy birthday, Art Bell from, from beyond the grave. 
hope that it reaches you, buddy. Happy birthday to you. So, so apparently in this area, there have been 84 planes that have gone missing over Jesus or in Christ. the Great Smoky National Park since its inception of record keeping, which is in the 1950s. Wow. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh 1940s, sorry. Yeah, so this is a lot of planes in one How many? small area. 84. Holy fucking shit. And when you, when you say go missing... Crash. Yeah, fuck the Bermuda Triangle. I don't even think it's got those numbers. Like, what the yeah. fuck? So That's either like 80 years from now, isn't it? Or like 80, yeah, that was 80 years ago. So it's been like one plane a year. When they started keeping track, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so a little over. So that's yeah. almost the length of flight. Yep. Like, much. Yeah. like that's about what, 30 years? 40 years since Before planes flight, were yeah. fucking invented. <laughs> like, yep. that is, I think it, what, oh, ooh, shit. It might be like 1912, 1919, some shit like that when we first were like, we got a plane made out of balsa wood, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. You know, yep. like, like, that's not, planes had only been around for 20, 30 years, I believe, at that point, where they started keeping records. And yep. now it's like, one a year, motherfuckers. <laughs> Must be the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, this record is the is the first one that I've, I've I saw record. So they, it was a, a military plane. So we'll go into a few military planes that crashed too. So in 1946, the only reason that there's a record of this is because it's a military plane before the 50s started. A B-29 Super Fortress piloted by the U.S. Army crashed in the Smokies. So a B-29 Super Fortress is what it sounds like it's a freaking huge plane and these things don't really go down that easy especially when they're not getting fired at <laughs> so literally has fortress in the goddamn name yeah I'm just <laughs> so it was on its way from mcdill uh base to chicago and it crashed in the morning sometime around 2 a.m on june 12th okay. there is a lot of things that happened in june in here so which yeah. is around the same day to the year that dennis went missing <clears throat> The weather was, you know, scattered thunderstorms and rains, but not too bad of, of storms. So the huge. Yeah. The plane lost altitude and started skimming the treetop somewhere near Klingman's Dome. So Klingman's Dome, also Ooh. a name, is is like the, sometimes called the UFO of uh, the Smokies, which is kind of cool. I've got a story lined up for Klingman's Dome, and yep. it is uh, it's not too long ago, but yeah. Yep. So when it hit the ground, both wings were ripped off by the trees, and it skidded to a stop. As it skidded to a stop, it just burst into the flames. So if the people didn't die on impact, they pretty much burned to death. Oh my god, yeah, that's dramatic. Yeah, so that's it, way so intense. Scene out of a movie. Like, it ah, seems my like. arms are gone, and then he's like, "Ah, I'm sweating." Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, just one more thing Damn. left to do. Yep. <laughs> Burn. So. <laughs> When the when the when the they got there, they basically the fire when the uh, the military had got there to kind of control it, figure it out. The plane was still on fire, so they got there pretty quickly after um, it had crashed. So this wasn't the only military plane to go down. On January fourth, nineteen eighty four, an RF four C Phantom two, which is a really really fast plane, it slammed nose first into the mountain. Jesus. It was right. said that the crew was taking aerial photos 
but it was never said what they were taking photos of. Okay. <laughs> I just picture I I just picture on the back of the plane it has one of those yellow sixers that says student driver on. <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry, so but sad. I just pictured <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. That reminds me oh, of god, I'm going to hell. This poor Look, dude. if that's what sends me to hell, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I was driving and my mom like taking out her phone and taking pictures and stuff. I'm just imagining that the aerial people were like, wow, this is so pretty. Here, take a picture of me next to the mountains. You know, <laughs> they just crash right into the mountains. Uh, like, Hold on, I can get closer. Okay, no, this is very tragic. It is very if you tragic. Haven't yeah. Learned, yeah, we're on episode 51 at this point. If you haven't learned that we have a gallows sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Well, just go back to working out or driving in your car, or cooking dinner, whatever you normally do. Just tune that part out and just no, go on and eat just, your mac and cheese. No, just go back to episode one and re-listen to find out our history, our, our sense of humor. <laughs> That's the easiest Got way. This. Yep. So, All right, the, so the student driver crashed into the mountain. <laughs> yes. The wreckage was strewn across 20 acres near Snake Den Ridge, which is another uh, trail area, another famous trail area. The plane hit the ground going 450 miles per hour. Wow. Okay, in all fairness, though, it was 2 a.m., so that basically looked like the sky to them. Because, like, we've all been out in these parks at night like that. Like, when you want to talk about pitch fucking black, right now, I don't care what the fuck you're doing. Stop driving. Pull over on the side of the road. Go into the nearest house. Break the door in if it's locked. Go into their closet. Kick all their shoes and shit out of the way. Close the door and then close your eyes. That's what it looks like. And then now you're going to need to apologize and you're going to need to make those people dinner. Whoever the fuck was in that house. They're probably shocked, okay? They probably were just like looking up information on their 401k this evening. They realized that stock in Anderson's went down. It's been a hard day. And now you, your crazy ass, has just broken into their closet and literally done nothing besides mildly inconvenience them. I think they would enjoy some Kraft mac and cheese, which this episode is brought to you by... (laughs) Oh my god. Just kidding. Joey, let's go. (laughs) Just make sure you're not in a stand your ground state if you do that, actually. Because uh, you'll be killed first. Yeah, yeah. You've got three states where this is an option. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Please don't do that anyways, but you know, we we don't want our listeners murdered. So that's not even the only thing weird. So there's so many civilian plane crashes too, as well. So we're only going to go into a few of them. We're not going to go through all of them because 84 is a lot to go through. A lot of them really don't have any details because they literally were just like this radio. I went to the uh, what is it called? The looked up the flight records and the flight, everything from uh, the mm-hmm. towers coming down. And some of them were just like Cessna 474 <laughs> called in, called in that they were uh, at this position. And then nothing. <laughs> and then like and then found and then found crashed so it was like it's that's kind of how flying is a lot of the times back in the 80s is like they didn't have yeah. continuous pings they didn't have anything like uh especially for like small civilian box. planes yeah well they did have that but small civilian planes didn't have a lot of that. still don't so on november 24th 1983 a 414 cessna flying from west chicago to jackson county airport and the Smokies crashed at about 6,000 feet around 6.30 p.m. So 
It was blamed on bad weather. Okay. Poor visibility. Okay. And a drunk pilot. So, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh. I believe I just, all three of those. I just want to say yeah. this. It makes me laugh because I do want to ask, for the most part, is there a pilot that mostly isn't drunk in the 80s? That's true. That That's true. true. There's actually a movie <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, sadly, both in the military plane crashed like the other ones. Both occupants were killed. Mm. Yeah. So, reports I would say, say like, being a drunk pilot sounds kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. I know that's not safe. I know it's not cool, but like swerving. And he's like, wee, wee. Like, this doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, no. And there's like a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so, if so there is explain that we have here, um, apparently, I mean, not super close by, but the, the one that's super famous here in Asheville. Oh, it's not in Asheville. It's in the Smokies. I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. So reports say that if they had just been about 150 feet higher than they were, mm-hmm. they would have cleared the mountain and treetops and been just fine. Oh, shit, dude. This is the plane that if you're hiking the Water Rock Knob Trail, you can see the plane crash because they never removed Whoa. it. This is the one. Whoa. Yep. So there's famous photographer pictures that are of this plane crash just in the middle of the woods. It's this plane. So. Wow. There is one weird thing about this, though. So looking at the flight log on the aviation safety networks, which I was looking at for some of these plane crashes, the plane, when it went up, it kept at a relatively high altitude for most of the flight. So basically, they des- they ascended, and then they stayed there for a while. As they got over the Smoky National Park, they started doing ascents and descents randomly. So they were going up maybe 1,000 feet, going down 1,000 feet, going up. It's just really weird because... It's not a normal flight behavior for somebody driving or even doing, you know, showing people something in the Smoky Mountains. And there was only two people in there. So I, I don't think it was a drunk guy just going, hey, 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 what's this? <laughs> come, come on, come on, come on. You said I couldn't do it and not throw up, but it. <laughs> I thought we were going to Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, I was just going to say, I, I just looked this up. Please look up the photos of this. This is not at all what I expected. I expected, like, you know, just like the fuselage and shit like that of the plane, like, smash into a mountain. This is like laying in a spot. I'm literally, like, it's it's in the top 10 photos. It's like just like on a hill. What People are literally about? in these photos, like, walking up to it. It looks like every, like, castaway fucking situation that you've ever seen in your life in a movie where it's just, like, the body of the plane is sitting there. It's overgrown with weeds and vines and shit like that. Like, it's just, like, on the ground. Like, yep. people are literally getting selfies in front of it because yep. welcome to the 2000s. Um, but, like, what people are just know? straight up walking up to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, ju- I just Googled, like, water rock knob trail plane crash that's mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's just right there on the ground yep it's pretty oh out shit there. it says blue ridge parkway so come to Asheville, north carolina <laughs> and then travel to <laughs> yep, the water place. rock yep. knob trail plane we crash. should all go and check it out yeah we should yeah i'm so, totally down looking at it i i feel like there had to be something else maybe something took control of their craft you know, maybe okay. they hit a blip or something like that. Uh, mm. 
honestly, there's so many more crashes in this such a small area. On August 1956, an Aronka trainer stalled out and crashed near Klingman, Klingman's Dome. Luckily, though, God both damn. occupants survived. So this was a good one. On March 1964, a twin-engine Beechcraft crashed near Parsons Bald, killing six people on board. On February 16th, a 1984 single-engine Cherokee six-plane crashed into Mount Buckley. Again, the occupants were lucky, and seven people walk away from the crash uninjured. So crazy that they walked. They must not have been super high, or maybe the trees stopped the descent. I don't know how that happened. On December 1st, 1997, a Cessna 182 went down and killed the only person in the aircraft. Even just two years ago, a Cessna 441 crashed in the Smokies, and both people on board were killed. This can't, however, hold a candle to the United Airlines crash in 1964. On July 9th, a four-engine Viscount, flight number 823, going from Philadelphia on its way to Knoxville, Tennessee, it exploded in the air. And then crashed into the Smokies. All 39 people on board were killed. Wow, that's sad. They could only find 32 of them. They never found the other seven. 39 people on board were all killed, but they couldn't find the seven other people. They only found 32 bodies. Holy shit, dude. So it's it's like people just like probably flew away. Yeah, it, so the the wreckage was only thro- was thrown across a half mile area, so it's not a huge they, area. But they could have just been like obliterated by the explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or abducted by aliens. That seems obliterated by the explosion. Like, okay, uh, somebody that's better than better at math than me, how many bodies does that? mean we're completely totally like obliterated yep by an explosion like there's not even a hand yep you know what i'm saying like there's not a foot and like most notorious i would say like of all is like teeth yeah right so like when there's terrible like house fires and apartment fires and stuff like uh, infrastructure like structure fires like dental records are so important because it's so so hard to get up to the temperatures that like need to be sustained long enough to actually like burn to ash your teeth mm-hmm. which yeah. are supposed to last you your goddamn life you know like they're hard as fuck yep. right like to actually burn that long that they can't be identified through like dental record that is insane i'm yeah. sorry but like that many people where it's just like they're not even finding jawbones. yeah like, that it's... is nuts it's yeah. crazy. So that's a weird thing that I thought happened. I, that's the yeah. last one we're going to, last plane crash we're going to go through out of the 84. Way too many to even to look into. So I want to add, just going back to um, what Gil was saying, that he was looking at the photos of the airplane and how people are just like, just you know, you can just walk on it and whatever. And so I went and saw pictures too. And I think this is really important to say to people that are listening that whenever you go to visit places like this, um, where there was like an accident, people die, like sometimes they leave things there or there's remainings there, but that doesn't mean that you should have a photo shoot on it. Like 
people died there you know it's not something to go look and be like oh my god so cool let's take selfies and let's do a whole photo shoot you know like let's have some respect because people's lives were done there and they were like parents they were daughters they were sons you know their families so just to add that if you go visit places like that you know I straight up like couldn't agree more like when um, and that's the whole like gallows humor, which I love that term when I came across it a while back. But it's just like I laugh or will kind of like make jokes about it. But it's like that. And I don't feel like folks are rare in this way. But like that is how at least for like us and especially for me, I can only speak for me on this. But like I like process some very heavy traumatic shit is like making a making a joke about it in order to kind of like help like cut it down a notch so I can like like actually like breathe and like take it in. It's not actually disrespect. It's just like I mean I can't define disrespect for other folks, but for me I don't mean it in the sense of disrespect. It's just like shit's really heavy, shit's really tragic, but the entirety of human history is made of tragedy. Right. And like, I I really do believe in like respecting the absurd, like just like how fucking ridiculous is it that we have like one of the most cutting edge, like, you know, planes or like aircraft that are flying through at fucking like hundreds and hundreds of miles an hour. And then just like, boop, like hits a mountain, like no combat, nothing crazy going on. Just like and like. It's hard for me to comprehend that, but hey. I don't know. But but yes, I couldn't agree more like be like, you know, like going and taking selfie like you wouldn't like. Well, actually, there's a famous meme about that. You shouldn't go to somebody's grave and like throw up the deuces and like get a selfie in front of it. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like go check out the places, learn some history, learn from it. Just don't do a photo shoot and blog about it and and like you said for entertainment. So, going on plane crashes and missing people, they're not the only things that happen in the Smokies. But there are many many hauntings in this area as well. So, we're going to start with the Rocky Top Village Inn murders and haunting. The Rocky Top Village Inn Motel in Gatlinburg, Tennessee is famous for being where Felice and Boudreaux Bryant wrote the song Rocky Top. So, I know pretty much everybody's heard this song. If you go to a wedding or if you're from the South, you've heard Rocky Top. If you haven't heard the bluegrass song, it goes like this. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. Rocky Top, Tennessee. So this isn't no, all it's I known for. Caroline though. and Jake have heard of it, though. Sounds like they're kind of music. Well, it's anybody that went to Tennessee. (laughs) So this isn't all it's known for, though. It is also known for a horribly brutal double murder. Wow, of course. So the opposite ends of the spectrum happen, of course. On September 13th, 1986, two employees of the hotel were brutally stabbed and shot to death. Damn. Jesus Christ. Right? Security guard Troy Valentine and night clerk Melissa Hill, their bodies were stashed in room one after they were murdered, which is very interesting. Mm. By the way, you you won't find the rooms because it's actually closed down now, but it is a good place to go for paranormal hunting. 
For the most part, it seems like it was a basic motive of robbery, but the four perpetrators, there's four of them, only stole $413. So, a local maniac, in quotations maniac, named Tattoo Eddie, (laughs) and three other people were arrested for their crimes. I'm sorry. Before Uh, we go into this... I want to ask what kind of tattoos this guy had to get the name Tattoo Eddie. I can only picture Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And their life of crime after filming their little cartoon show. Tattoo Eddie. (laughs) Yeah, I honestly have no idea where he got this name. So... Maybe in 1986, he had one tattoo in Tennessee, and they were just like, this dude's the tattoo dude. I don't know. So he actually, when he went to jail, they did an IQ test on Tattoo Eddie, and they found out that he had an IQ of 70. Okay, wow. That is is way below what is considered average, which is around 100. (laughs) So like... He's tattoo yes. Eddie is an evil tattooed Forrest Gump. Basically, I would say like that. I think that explains it in pop culture senses the best. Maybe Joey, maybe you got some some gems you drop in here. No. He's he's a... he just he, it was just yeah. very sad because he probably didn't didn't yeah. know better. I'm not dropping any gems today, just sadness. All right, Joey. So we got an evil Forrest Gump on the loose. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) So this prevented him from being put to death because in Tennessee, obviously, in a lot of other states, if your IQ is under, I think, under a certain amount, they don't put you to death because I think that the way that they describe it is that you don't know any better and you kind of have might have a brain impairment that stops you from that part of your brain working to say murder is not correct or the the crime you committed. Jenny is said not that they were like fish okay. and that they needed extra gills added to the body. Hey, but like, he wasn't a smart man, but this? he knew what love is. What? How do they do this? Like, do they give them a quiz or IQ tests? How... Okay, but what if they're faking it and actually? I think those quizzes are filtered for that I'm kind sure of that. Shit. I mean that could that like, could be a thing too that says you know maybe they want to go to a, a a different place or maybe they just don't want to be killed I don't know but I feel like if you're a murderer most murderers don't want to be called dumb most murderers want to be have that like psychological thing to be like I want to be a ge- I'm a genius yeah. I'm smarter than everybody else they have that yeah, uh, what is it called also you can be smart enough to know that you should fake the test so you don't go to jail for that you know like if it was me i would totally fake it and write the That's wrong base tips for the week because <laughs> <laughs> if you're a murderer out there fake the test i don't follow know if it's still and, a rule anymore follow us and subscribe on itunes spotify and wherever you get your podcast for more tips to help you with your upcoming crime don't tell the pigs <laughs> yes <laughs> don't tell anybody I just so, think it's so dumb. That yeah, I know, that's like but a thing. <laughs> I think it's a. 
I don't know. I think it's a, it's a good rule in some ways, but obviously any any law that's put into place is going to have red tape. It's going to have people that figure out ways I'm, to take advantage of it. That's just I want to continue derailing to the point that we're falling off the canyon real quick. Um, I do, and this is something I need to look into. Um, who is in charge of running the IQ tests, and 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 thank you. Who like how do I put this? If your IQ was, you know, Einstein level, 120, 130, 140, whatever it is, right? I know it's like up in the 20s, 30s, 40s, somewhere around there, right? And you were in charge of making the IQ test. That makes sense because it's like you're way the fuck up on the Mount Everest of brain matter. And you're like being like, well, did they walk up that trail? No, they're an idiot. You know, like you're like way up on top. But if your IQ is at like... 101 and you're like literally one point above average are you like well that would be really smart to think of i'm gonna put that down on the paper real quick um oh shit oh <laughs> that'd be witty as fuck i'm gonna put that down like who is making this that's what i do want to understand <laughs> but sorry yeah are you saying that people that make really good puns are average no generally? i'm saying that they define intellectual qualifications okay That's how Just it always why? is with everything. Like the people from the Olympics, like mm-hmm. the judges, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. like you're not an athlete, but you're judging Bitch. the athletes, the people that go on like all these things, you know, like judges are always like mm-hmm. random people like that are not within that, you know, like they barely for Miss Universe, you know, the people that were judging Miss Universe, like they're ugly <laughs> as fuck. They're not even smart. Now they barely started to we add. We just lost three like, subscribers on Spotify. I watched the numbers go down. Three of our subscribers were Miss Universe, like, judges, and I kind of wanted to hit them up someday. Thank you, Bay, for doing this. <laughs> I'm just so, saying, like, people that judge things yeah. are not even the right people to be judged judges judges yeah so i'm gonna play conductor on this and i'm gonna get our train right back on track (laughs) so the place that these two people were murdered was actually the satellite (laughs) office and not attached to the hotel so it's across the street from the hotel and this was a little thing that like at night it would make it easier for check-in convenience Mm -hmm. and checking out so you didn't have to go in the main hotel it's just a little easier as you're on your way out so People who worked there before it closed and people who visited said that at night, screams and pleas for mercy can be heard echoing through the otherwise quiet part of the complex. It was also said that Melissa Hill escaped the killers, if not for but a brief moment, and ran outside to the courtyard where Mm -hmm. the fountain was. Wow. Some people said that they see a woman's disembodied legs appearing from the waist down Running around Wait, the, the waist fountain. down. Oh my gosh! The from the waist down. Hold it's up, just hold, a ghost. It's it's I an need, apparition. So from the, the waist only down. part that's visible is the waist down. So the hips down are the only part that's mm-hmm. visible. So literally, it's just two legs running to the fountain. Is is that right? Pretty much. Yep, running it's around the fountain. Weird. Yep. 
Yeah, that's even creepier than seeing a full-bodied apparition yeah. coming to you. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I would be like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Bye. So mm-hmm. sadly, like I said earlier, the motel was closed down. But I do think that they are open for paranormal a, visitors. So if people wanted to look into it. This is a very leg-oriented episode. Can. And while I don't fancy myself a leg man, I'm here for it. Like, I respect that. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. From ma- yeah. Wait, was she a male woman? Was she delivering mail inside of the postal codes of the United States? How nice were these legs? Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, Bring it back. Bring it back. It. Like, return to sender. All love right, it. let's go. Where are we at? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So there is a lot of hauntings that happen. Uh, Fontana Lake is another one of the areas in this place. I did some research into it. There's so many Cherokee legends. There's so many um, regular, like uh, just uh, people who live there, the Europeans that came over here. They Tennessee Valley Authority basically drowned out the homes in the areas around Fontana Lake. There's a whole bunch of ghost stories around there. And uh, of just people leaving their homes, not wanting to leave their homes, because basically... The Tennessee Valley Authority was like, hey, we're going to do this. We're the national government. You can't stop us. We'll give you some money yeah. for your house, but it's not going to be close to it. Just like yeah. they do with highways. We're going to give you some money for your house, but it's not close to market value. You should leave or else we're just going to make your life a living hell and we're just going to drown your house. So a lot of people were pissed about it. A lot of ghosts and hauntings happened from there. Again, there's a what trillion year? of them. What year was this or decade? T- Tennessee Valley yeah, that, Authority. Well, did this that incident. happened probably in? I want to know if this is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like territory. I don't know that. I don't know that ah, on the the TV. Damn it! Our lead researcher yeah. Joey, come on. Sorry, now. I'm just kidding. It was yeah. It was just a passing. Oh thing Brother, Where book, Art Thou? So. Type of situation, right? So there's like a cow that's floating, like very much so like underwater and there's a very, very much so yeah yeah it was around Robert that time Johnson. though because tennessee valley authority for for some history tennessee valley authority was to uh which is kind of used backwards now tennessee valley authority was to make sure that uh all homes had electricity <laughs> so basically it, uh, electrical company would not want to go into those like the hollers the areas that have like maybe three to four homes where there's not many people around and I know you're laughing, but I'm going to no. history lesson real quick. But they would the the government basically said that all houses have to be connected to the electrical grid, and that that was the only way to make sure that electrical companies would power those houses. Now, when people want to use their want to get off the electrical grid, they can't because the Tennessee Valley Authority law is used in reverse. Now people have to have it, so they can't just only have uh, solar panels. Okay, so. I'm sorry, I'm coming in. I'm coming in hot. All right, so, <laughs> so the episode about um, the uh, a theory, an origin theory around the flat Earth, where we had the the watchers, the overkeepers, the guardians, right, who were like, "Wait a second, we know how to convince them that nothing's fucking going on, um, or, or not let them know about anything going on." By just never letting them know that anything's going on. That's our secret. So the Tennessee Valley Authority. This will make sense in a moment. Just just ride with me on this. Put your seatbelt on. So the Tennessee Valley Authority said, we only have enough 
potential electricity to give that to give to half of the homes of Tennessee. What do we do? We destroy half of the homes in Tennessee. <laughs> and now it looks like it's just policy. Now it looks like it's normal. We flood the hollers. We flood the fucking valleys. We get rid of these motherfuckers that are making it difficult for us to get electric to. And then we give everybody electric. God, evil yeah. genius brilliance right there. All right. TVA, you got genius. this. Let's go. Yep. Yep. Before we get into some Cherokee legends on this, I want to go into some more otherworldly stories. Not only is the Smokies home for crazy disappearances, plane crashes, and hauntings, Dr. Gill of DeVry University is here to go over the UFOs of the Smokies. Our first one, because it's been... It's been here for a minute in terms of us going through this tonight. So we have Klingman's Dome, and this would have been circa 2001, February 12th, 2001. Very fast, bright, metallic, silver rectangle spotted was pursued by military-style jets. And this is all coming from New Fork, the, um, I forgot the acronym, organization. The craft was a bright metallic silver rectangle with alternating dark panels along the side. It was viewed first at a distance of about 500 feet over some treetops, then in the sky as it was pursued by three military-style jets. The craft left no trail and made no sound that we could hear from our vantage point. It was quiet, fast, and noticeably faster than the jets. Now, this whole thing was one minute long. So basically what these folks, if you're not used to reading um, UFO databases, so if you go to like uh, MUFON or New Fork, right, um, you can read through databases of like events and locations and shape and type and all these different things. Basically what they just explained here was these folks that were near Klingman, Klingman's Dome straight up saw three fighter jets chasing a goddamn ufo across the mountains for about one minute that's fucking Whoa. nuts right that's yep. awesome we basically saw an independence day of will of smith UFO saying, right you take my wife's name out of your just like flying by you only caught it half sentence we didn't know at the time we didn't know april 3rd 2008 townsend probably sped that wrong and Maryville probably said that wrong. There's like a Y that I don't expect in it somewhere. Um, duration was 20 minutes long. Characteristics. The object left a trail. The object landed. There were aircraft in the vicinity or aircraft chasing the object. Title of the piece. UFO shot down over Smoky Mountains. The body of the report. Hmm. I didn't see the actual wreckage, but I was able to see and photograph what appears to be a UFO that was shot down. You can visibly see a trail of two fighter jets and then a third long trail heading straight for the ground with a trail of black smoke that didn't dissipate for 20 to 30 minutes. 
there was a fire at ground level. We witnessed this from a lookout point in the Smoky Mountains where you can overlook the whole city. Y'all, if you haven't seen this area, this is very common. There's so many spots you can pull off on the side of the road and just view a beautiful lookout. There were no news reports of crashed or shot down aircraft, and it had to be something small and not a commercial flight. I have video, in brackets, poor quality. Again, this was, you know, 2008. Um, And even better, photo evidence to show you, but again, not actual evidence of the wreckage. This was somebody going to New Fork at probably fucking like two in the goddamn morning. Um, Actually, yeah, it was 21. uh, 2100 is when they reported it. So that would have been uh, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, I believe at night. Um, Nine o'clock. So like at 947, they were reporting this not too long after it happened. And they were, you can go on New Fork and read this. They were submitting this and they were like, hey, do any of your researchers want to come out to my location or give me a call or email me? This is what I've seen. That's that's what all these reports are. Like That's fucking nuts. All right? I'm sorry, but that's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. A lot of this stuff, all the UFOs in the area, all, this, all the uh, disappearances, all that is adding into what I think creates some of the legends of the Smoky and the Smokies and such the details that everything's going on. So there, there's so many Cherokee legends from this area, obviously, because a lot of the Cherokees settled this area and um, lived in there so long. So one haunting of the many in the Smokies is called the legend of Ghost of Blowing Rock. So this is actually kind of a sweet story. Um, there was a, a Cherokee brave and a Chickasaw woman fell in love, but they were forbade to marry due to the differing tribes. Aww. So, yeah. Like Romeo and, and Juliet. Yeah. And while they were both looking off the rock face, the brave decided to jump off because he was very sad and, and couldn't marry the woman he loved. So, Aww. as the story goes, he was picked back up by the wind and thrown back into his lover's Aww. arms. Oh, God. Shut it. up. That is so beautiful. Yeah. So, the apparition that you can see that's been said to have been seen there is the Cherokee brave jumping off and sweeping back up. Mm. So that is one of the cute little apparition legends that's, that's happened from there. So beautiful. Right. I know I find it very sweet. So I just wanted to add that in there with our, you know, mysteries of darkness so far. So the next Cherokee legend is one that's basically made out of nightmares. Hell yeah. I would say, it's Freddy Krueger on steroids. Wow. <laughs> the creature, or rather, her <sighs> creature name, and we call it Spearfinger. What? But her, her name in Cherokee, Spearfinger. So her name in Cherokee is, I'm sorry if I, if I messed this up, it's Utlutnta, I think is, is how you say it. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it basically sh- loosely translates to she had it sharp. Oh, oh, which is kind of a, a crazy name. So the name is because of her forefinger on her right hand is basically very sharp and it resembles a spear. Spear <laughs> finger. She was made of stone and her only weakness 
was her heart was in her right hand. So she always kept That's it clutched at all times. Dude. This was a, oh. a very That's some yeah, shit. It's a very yeah. interesting legend here for the for Cherokee. <laughs> As she walked, it would sound like rolling thunder because she was, you know, her her body was encased yeah. in the stone. So it would just be rubbing against her and against the ground. That's intense. Yep. Yeah. It's scary. That's so sick, so she would hunt Cherokee children. She would Hell hunt yeah. Cherokee children. And she was a master at disguising herself. I'm a tree. So I'm a dandelion. Killed... I'm a bush. Yeah, I'm a tree again. <laughs> she would only hide as the relatives of the family members. That I'm a relative killed. as a tree. I'm a bush. I'm a stick. <laughs> but also a relative. All right. <laughs> so if she killed your brother or your friend, she could mimic their family and then lure more children this is, away. So if this she, is a you know, skinwalker in a ghillie suit. Like this is literally mm-hmm. a skinwalker in a ghillie suit. That's my vibe right now. The only thing she couldn't hide was her spear finger. So she would just basically be the same person, but with the spear finger. And so she There's would hide the finger in her cloak. So you wouldn't see it. You'd just be like, oh, she's just got her hand close to her chest. Okay, so so this this is very fascinating. And this comes across in a lot of different cultures from all over the fucking planet. And I'm talking about, when I'm saying a lot of different cultures, I'm talking about find some deep, deep, deep shit where it's like, go to another country, go to another continent, another region of the world, dig back about a thousand years or more and read what they say. Right, whoever they are that wrote that text doesn't matter if it's India, if it's North Africa, and right that like like essentially quote unquote like Arabian lands, right, or like go down into Africa and like read into that, go into South America. Doesn't matter where you go. There is this phenomenon which I I find absolutely fucking fascinating, where it's they can mimic whatever the the um, nefarious spirit is or the mm-hmm. apparition, they can mimic everything. To the fucking T, you will be 100% convinced, but if you look at one part of the body, there's a dead giveaway every fucking time. So, like, my immediate thought when you said that was the djinn, right? So, like, when you go into, like, when you go into Islam, djinn, 100% fucking real, like in Islam, just as much as with Christians, angels are fucking real, right? Demons are fucking, the devil is fucking real in Christianity. The jinn who were created before human beings by Allah, like came down to the planet and they have uh, such a fucking fascinating. Um, and like, frankly, we've been cut off from the world of like the mythology, the folklore, the beliefs, and it really should be understood as beliefs. I, I wouldn't want to bastardize it as calling it folklore, right? Because it is a hundred percent real mm-hmm. to a large portion of the population yep. on this planet. Um, so like the jinn, one way to recognize the jinn, sorry to slowly get back to this, is their feet will be backwards. That is like across the yep. board in like jinn mythology is like literally everything. It could be a beautiful woman trying to seduce you and trying to yada, 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 like all these fucking things. But you look down and straight up their feet are backwards on their legs like that's what that shit reminds me of when you just said it's like everything but Mm -hmm. 
the spear finger on the fucking, you know, just like coming across it. Like, yeah, yeah. But like, I fucking can't get over the fact that. That is so horrifying. It's the time period that fucks with me is that like, in the same time period, this was commonplace and understood all across the planet, regardless of communication. Everybody identified one fucking thing in this quote unquote, like supernatural type of experience where it's like look for this one thing it'll protect you like look for this one fucking thing that's going to be reversed or backwards or will stand out it will protect you like that's all that's all i gotta say sorry yeah. joey i had to go on that rant it, it fucking yeah blew my mind it's okay so <laughs> it, it, it that is horrifying selena it is completely horrifying i just like imagine like because I watched so many horror movies, like that moment when you realize mm-hmm. that something is wrong mm. and you're looking down at yep. their feet and you can just yeah. feel that they're still looking at you and now they know that you yep. know. Mm-hmm. And with like, and like it's too at late. that point, I would be like, this information is not helping me. If I never noticed yeah. this, like, mm. you know, I probably still would die, but I would be less yeah. terrified. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of that she she would hide her spear finger in her clear right so as she walked closer and you began to trust her thinking that she was a member of your family she'd get just close enough and by the time Mm -hmm. you realized she would pull out her spear finger and stab you through the heart or the neck which is very interesting but she only took your liver okay okay so she sold this on the there would be no Yes, there would be no pain or any visible scar. You would, you but you would die in between one to three days later. Obviously, due to not uh, having a yeah, liver, that'll, that'll do it most most times. Yeah, yeah. So, in, in the Cherokee legend, she was eventually shot in the heart by Thank Cherokee God. warriors. Or, yeah, and so too ended Spearfinger or Untluntta. Nailed it. I think is actually how you say it. So yeah, that honestly that haunts my dreams more than some of the other episodes we've done. Just to seeing that come in the woods, just this big rock like thing with the as your family coming through, just being like, "Oh hi." <laughs> so there are some truly strange things about the Smokies. So there is even a rock that is older than when the Cherokee Indians settled Dang. the area. It's a large soapstone boulder, and they call it Judacula Rock. <laughs> Judacula. Judicola Rock, I think. Yeah. It is actually not too far from us in Silva, okay. North Carolina. What's weird about this boulder is it's covered with weird marks and pictures that are believed to be thousands of years old. The reason for the name is because the Cherokee have a legend that the markings were done by a slant-eyed giant who had seven fingers on each hand. The giant's name was Judicola. And he he would could leap from one mountain to the other and create different weather phenomena as he pleased. Some people also believe that this rock is used for cult like initiations or gatherings or something like that. But obviously, people make this yeah. kind of thing up all the time. I just think it's interesting that it honestly predates the Cherokee living here and predates predates most people thinking of of who was living here in the area with different uh, markings and paintings. That's pretty cool. Fucking That's dope, wild. dude. Yeah. I still the Yeah. Another oh, oh, no, 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 no. Please go on. Please go. 
another Cherokee legend around the area. And this is kind of interesting because it just reminds me of a Gerald Tolkien. So another Cherokee legend is called the Yunwi Sundi. Sorry if I'm murdering the Cherokee language, but which roughly translates to little people. I would say maybe hobbits. <laughs> but as we'll see, they do a bit more than just eat tasty food, smoke pipes, and hide in hobbit holes, and generally try to avoid any and all adventures, save for a select few. These little people are described as being from the ethereal plane, which is a very interesting concept that the Cherokee also have as well, that there's an ethereal plane. They're considered a small, and they are human-like race of people about two to four feet high, some have some legends from the Cherokee. There's much different small legends about how they they came. Had that they came down in small flying silver discs. Hmm? Aliens, anyone? Oh, Tesla drivers, yes. anyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do know Teslas can go back in time. Um, They're the little guys from the Mojave oh, Desert. Shit. They could be. They it c- it could all be connected. It is all connected. It is. Yep. They're particularly helpful at finding lost clothes or any kind of articles or things that, you know, maybe you've lost. That's and nice. you can basically bribe them with food and drink. I mean, that sounds like yeah, my that kind is of literally people. me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And I, I think it kind of loosely connects to the folktales of leprechauns as well, because that's a kind of similar idea of the folktale so i i can't you kind of see how a lot of these folklores even around places that aren't connected still have very similar you know maybe different origins but very similar characters very similar uh backgrounds happening to them so it is kind of interesting just to see the different legends like you said with the um the djinn with and the with, and with this, the gin, yeah, you know, they all I, have similar. I, yeah, dude, I'm so glad that you stumbled across this in your own like independent research, like coming up with this episode, looking into this. It's like now we can look at these commonalities across cultures, across languages, right, mm-hmm. across like borders, and we can say that it's internet inspired. Right, we can look at like a one to two month gap and be like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it, trans- it got translated from English to Spanish, da, 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 you know, or vice versa. Doesn't matter. But what is fucking fascinating to me, and and I have a few theories on this. We might dig into it at some point in the show, um, in one of our episodes. But what is fascinating to me, and this 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 carries on with like the theories around why did people start developing pyramids at the same time right Mm -hmm. um not just because it's like a convenient form of structure but like is there a a trail of evolutionary intellectual growth that you can track independently across history across um you know isolated tribes and geo regions and all this shit like that like into these different concepts and does it transfer into folklore and mythology are they explaining a type of paranormal phenomenon that is also evolving next to them because like i don't we we speak of paranormal in the sense of like everything being static 
It was the same UFOs 3,000 years ago talking to the Egyptians and the Mayans and the folks that were in like the Central Valley region, like Ohio and da 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 da, like on down the line. It's always the same. It's always the same. But is there a chance, especially if we're looking at different dimensions, different planes, well, they would be subject theoretically to the same distance and time, whatever that would be. They would also be subject to evolution. So was whatever demonic beings or or nefarious or jokester type of like entities that were like existing out in the woods everywhere across the planet a few thousand years ago? Did they all have one finger that revealed them? That did they all have backwards feet? Did they all have backwards hands? Did they all have that? Like, was this a common trait at the time? Because like what we were looking at when we look back as um, I guess in a sense of like modern day like folklorists or at least like dipping into it is we're looking at origin stories and folklore that one hundred percent were not contaminated with each other. Like the Cherokee yeah. were not being influenced by like islam at the time that these stories were recorded they were not at all being influenced but there's this hard connection between the two that they were that as human beings they were trying to witness and explain and like this shit happens regardless of continent regardless of read i i don't know this shit y'all i'm about to take my pants off for That's, this this shit gets me so fucking excited <laughs> like it's so fucking fascinating right when it's just this massive connection across consciousness nothing that's like quote unquote like spurring it on that we understand today but we're still questioning oh god my fucking yep. oh, my paranormal boner is so hard right now god damn <laughs> i had to say it so before he does that i want to say all of these disappearances, hauntings, mysteries, legends, and crashes has me thinking, just like you talked about, that there, this just isn't an area where people mm-hmm. go to hike and enjoy nature. I think it's a true flap of the mysterious, like we talk about. It can't be a coincidence that all these things happen and appear around the same time, same area. Maybe it could be a place where, like they say with the Alaskan Triangle or the Bermuda Triangle, the veil between realities or worlds is is slight. It's very light. So maybe things can cross over, like Bigfoot, which we haven't even got into the stories of Bigfoot in the Smokies, or maybe UFOs, maybe people from other worlds or realities. Maybe we aren't living here on our own, and the cave systems beneath the Smokies, which we all know about and heard about the cave systems beneath a lot of the national parks, beneath the mountains and everywhere, smoky things that aren't known or even meant to be known by man. This episode hasn't even scratched the surface on all the known disappearances in the Smokies. It hasn't scratched the surface on all the hauntings in the area. Heck, the legends of Cherokee are scribed out in many, many books that, you know, we we tried to, to, to describe them in a short form way. It's very hard to do. But if you really, you need to really look into these things because the, the, the folklore, the Cherokee legends and, you know, what they pass down is amazing. It's really awesome to read about and learn about. I want to say that if you want to find more, please check out the National Parks, Mysteries, and Disappearances, Volume 1, The Great Smoky Mountain National Park, which provided us with the basis for all the research today that I went and you know cross-referenced with online researches. It's a great introduction to all we've talked about here and more. So it's a great way to start the conversation on why everything's happened in this small area. 
could it be that we're just paranoid and make up legends and dream up things that we think could happen? Or we may be close to the real truth that our world and the national parks in it are a portal to some higher or even lower realm. <laughs> Maybe we'll see when we walk through together. We'll see you on the other side. Yay. Thanks for listening to the Black Cat Report and our episode on the Smoky Mountain National Park Mysteries and Disappearances. Man, has a time flown by, so we've almost come to one year of our podcast. We have a special episode to mark our last episode of the year, episode 52, and then we'll have a special announcement to start a year two or our second season of the podcast. Remember to like, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week.